The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and always co-hosted with me, Paula. You that, Yep, he's here. See, we got to hold it down to love, get in, get in. Is that all right? You know we can hold it down. That's fine. <laughs> well, Pete, we got a guest. Um, actually, I met this um, gentleman at a USA football camp, and um, very interesting. You know, I met him, Pete. Wonderful guy. Got a lot going on and uh, played in the NFL. Well, Pete, let's, let's let him introduce himself. Yeah, are you there? Yes, I am here. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Just got done uh, getting my swole on and uh, heading to football practice. Okay, well, so there, um, co-host Paula, are you there, Pete? Yep, I'm here. And Glove, are you the Glove? Hey, I'm here, James. What's up, Pete? All right, what's up? What's up, Glove? Well, Jerry, before we started, I want to you a question. Tell the um, listeners, you know, where you played at college and where you played in the pro for please. Okay. Um, I went to Ohio State my first year as a free safety in 1997, and um, I walked through the doors and I was 16th string, so... That didn't last long. I stayed there for a year, and then I transferred to Western Illinois, where I was a converted tight end. Uh, three-time All-American at Western Illinois, and then um, played six years in the pros. Started with Seattle Seahawks, and then when former Heisman Trophy winner Eric Krauts retired week three with the Rams, the Rams picked me up. And I was there for two years. I was in Oakland for two years, and then spent my last two years with the Chiefs and the Browns. Yeah, I'm gonna start with you. A lot of people been talking. What is going on with Johnny Football? What do you think about him? I mean, is I tell my co-host guys, you know, this kid is out of control. He's out of, but they don't agree. Do you think he's out of control? He's not thinking. I mean, he's a kid. I mean, I, I think uh, some of the stuff that I did when I was his age, and I did some stupid stuff, but I didn't have a spotlight on me. I think um, he's thrown into celebrity status. Too soon, Miley Cyrus. They uh, they start doing some stupid stuff, and they they advance too early before they they reach their full maturity. So he's being a kid, but he needs to understand that he has to grow up a lot faster because all eyes are on him. Um, he's got to play that role. I mean, it, he he can hurt his team. He's hurting the last name on on the back of his jersey. He needs to understand that there's a lot bigger things than just him being a being a dumb kid. Paula Glove. Well, your noise is killing. <laughs> Paula Glove. Hey, Jr. So you you finished one of your former years. You said was with the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Yes. So what what do you think Alex Smith will be able to bring to the Chiefs this year? I mean, he, I I hope he brings something. The Chiefs have been struggling for for quite some time. He's a great quarterback. He he just really needs to just settle down and and reach that status where he's comfortable in the pocket. He completes passes. He doesn't make stupid mistakes. I I really hope the Chiefs because that fan base. I mean, I I've played in a lot of stadiums, and that Chiefs stadium is one of the loudest that I've played in. And the Chiefs fans deserve a successful team. Hey, Jr. I think I got a little static. I'm sorry about that. Jr. This is Glover in San Diego. Hey, like yourself, James also came into college about number 16 or 17 as a receiver. And <laughs> glad to glad to, uh, for you to uh, clarify that Alex Smith isn't a bum. He's actually a decent quarterback. We have this argument about him having four or five different coordinators, and I think now him being in the home green, he's in a, he's in a good situation. You know, we've also talked about Johnny quarterback, him being young, and James said he needs to mature, which he is. But I go back to when I was in college. I played against this gentleman called uh, Jim McMahon. And, yeah. you know, when Jim was doing his antics back in the 80s, nobody really paid it, you know, too much attention in the media. I mean, they never said anything negative. They let him yeah. be himself. And so my point with, with James is always he's a young man. He's enjoying the college experience. Why should we try to, you know, curtail his whole, you know, demeanor? Because he's a 20-year-old young man. He's enjoying the experience. And I think if, you know, we take away from his personality and character, which that's what won him the Heisman Trophy, it would take away from his game. No, I agree with you. I mean, he's 20 years old. When I was 20, I, I was still trying to be a professional wrestler. So, you know, I just hang out with my friends, and we go outside and jump in dumpsters and, you know, hear stop signs. I mean, I can't imagine if I was a Heisman Trophy winner, you know, those, that going on YouTube and that being on ESPN and me, me trying to run over stop signs. So he's going to be mature. He's going to be there. And, and, like, that cockiness, and that confidence is what shows on that field, and that's why everyone plays around them. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword with him. Yeah, and, and, and I understand what you're saying, but my point I'm trying to reiterate to them is there's a difference in me playing and going out there doing stuff than Johnny because he's a high control with the winner. Isn't that what I'm saying is they are looking at him much more than they're looking at me? Do you agree with that? Oh, no, I, I understand. He has to understand that even if he doesn't want to be a leader, he's in a leadership status, and he's got to just conform to it. Well, you know, it but it's, it's hard for a 20-year-old to be thrown in that spotlight. And, I mean, look at – and I keep going back to people like Miley Cyrus and the Olsen Twins and all those people that reached you know, spotlight before they matured. I mean, they're, they're looking like idiots on TV. James, and you know, it's like, um, like even I remember in law school, there's even something that they, you know, they differentiate. We there's a different standard that you'll be held to if you're a public figure versus someone who's considered a private figure. And Manziel, once he won that Heisman, like that took him from being just like a private person. You know, his affairs aren't anyone's concerns. He became a public figure the moment he won that Heisman, and so. Like you said, today in 2013, the way media is, Twitter, everything that's so quick, readily available, 
he is going to be held to a higher standard. So James is right. He can't, he's not going to be regarded the same way you would go out, get drunk, miss a meeting, versus now the Heisman Trophy winner. And even though he's 20, he has to realize, like, people are now going to hold him to a much higher standard than other players just by winning that, that Heisman. Hey, I totally agree with that. I mean, it, you just got to understand. I mean, it, you know, I train athletes for a living. I, I train youth athletes. And ever since I was put in that role, I, I feel like I can't even go out and have a beer because I'm telling these kids not to drink. And obviously they're under 21 years old, and I'm 34 years old, and I'm a legal age to have a beer. But, you know, one time a kid saw me drink, and he's like, oh, Jared drinks alcohol and, and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm a grown man. I can drink alcohol. But <laughs> ever since that, I stopped even drinking in public just because of that, because I'm in a leadership role, and I'm telling kids not to drink, so I shouldn't eat it. Yeah, but, the, but the, this is Glover. Again, the difference is you're a 34-year-old man, and so I understand the whole aspect of, of, of the leadership role and being a positive role model and all that, but but having it's not like you're taking the young men out with you to have a drink, or it's not like yeah. you're coming to train them under the influence. You know, yeah. life, life didn't you. start or stop once you became a, a role model and, and a personal trainer. Yeah. So... So the kids, yes, you're right. You don't want you don't want that negative image of them seeing you drinking. But also, realistically, so what? You're going to stop having sex, also, because now that you're a role model, you're not going to have sex or or any of the above because of this new duty you've given yourself. I mean, I, I don't really think what he has done above and beyond anything that I've seen somebody else do. I think they're going to be harder on him because um, he is a spotlight quarterback. I mean, look, look what the media's done to Tim Tebow. I mean, it, so, some people just can't do anything right. And I think Johnny Manziel, just because of how he acted after he won the Heisman, will be one of those guys from here on out that no matter what he does, it will be looked on a negative light. What we're going to do, we're going to take a break, then we'll come back. We're going to talk about that Tebow and how the media, you think, can either help you or ruin you. you know, I keep telling them the media could build you up or they could ruin your career. And I think kind of like what you said, ruin Tebow. Korea. So this is Jay Loving with Glove and P and I guess JR will be right back. Hey, hey, am I really bad? Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
when it comes to youth and high school football. Listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and 10 Football airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk, and co-host of PZP. Yep, I'm here. I guess that iPhone glove guy ain't really that good of a phone, is it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> is it, JR? <laughs> I guess not. Wait, we can't, we can't down all iPhone users. I'm on my iPhone, and I don't have any static in the background. <laughs> so here's going to be a Python. <laughs> well, we got a guest, PJR. Uh, and I just want to let our listeners know, um, JR's doing a lot of things before we get off the show. I'll let him explain what all he's doing, you know, out there coaching and this um, other thing he's doing. So that's why it's hard to catch up with you because he's doing so much great things out there for the community. And so we we get in there before we get him out. We tell what he's doing, and um, but also, P, we got we got to get him. We got to light him up first before, you know. <laughs> but um, there, you know, I talked to P and Glove. We talked about this this Tebow thing with. You know how the media can build you up, and then after they build you up, they knock you down. When they knock you down, you're done. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I totally. I I believe the media can make anybody look like however they want them to look like. I mean, I I've seen and I've played with two people, Randy Moss and Warren Sapp. Randy Moss was one of the one of the coolest cats I've ever met in my life. Laid back country boy, and I felt the media made him look like he was cocky, he was selfish. I had never seen that at practice. I never saw it in meetings. But then on the on the flip side, you take Warren Sapp, who the media portrayed as he's like howdy doody, and he's like the coolest guy. He was one of the biggest POSs that I have ever played with. I, I, I love everybody. And, and the one person I played with that I couldn't stand who was selfish was Warren Sapp. But the media, you see him on TV, and he's like, yucka, yucka, and he's like, you know, best friends with everybody and the media can make you look like if you look at any reality show and i've done some reality shows they can they can twist and turn anybody to look a way that they want to look like but if you get enough footage you can clip and cut and paste and just show like buzz clips of anything you want to show and ignore all the all the good stuff if you're trying to make them look bad and ignore all the bad stuff if you're trying to make them look good so i, I think the media 
you know, and, and people need to be careful with what they say with that stuff because they can do a buzz clip here. I mean, it, you guys just buzz clip me saying warrants have to POS and not hear my explanation, and then I'm look like, you know, how could you not like Warren Sapp? He's a Hall of Famer. Right. Yeah, and I think, too, as, as sports fans, we have to remember that, too. Like, if we're watching Sports Center, if you're reading an article in your newspaper and sports section, anytime you see quotes around something, like, that's not always the end-all to everything. You know, so, I, I mean, J.R., you're absolutely right. The way media is today, you just have to be careful of what you're reading, what you're seeing on TV. Um, but I would think as players, though, they also know that. So they also have to be careful, too, of what they're saying because they don't know how it's going to be republished and how those mm-hmm. quotes, you know, what, what words those quotes are going to appear around. So as the players, they have to be very careful of that, too. Yeah, and I, and I feel horrible for what they've done to Tebow. I mean... He, he seems like the nicest guy in the world. And he's just like, man, why are you picking on this man? Just let him play. If you can't play, <laughs> let him go. Just just let him be. And, you know, I, you know, I don't know if you heard last week we, we started off talking about Tebow. And I just think Tebow just needs a, a better shot. Like, get him behind a, a very good quarterback, someone who he can kind of study under, a coach, put a coach around him who can develop him a little more. And I think he could still play in the NFL as a quarterback. I don't, you know, I don't think he's done. I just think he needs the proper, just to have a little bit more training and coaching, and he'll be okay. No, I agree with that. And especially the quarterback position, we talked about Alex Smith earlier. I, I think a quarterback can excel in the right system that, with the right fit, and he can look atrocious in, in the wrong fit. I mean, there's so many different systems. I, I was really just, in my career, in the whole greatest show on turf system. Every every team I played on, I played on six teams except for Seattle. So the, Seattle ran more of a West Coast, but every other team ran the exact same playbook. Different terminology, exact same playbook. The West Coast, and that's Holmgren, that was a totally different playbook. But, you know, quarterbacks can excel or not. And I think, you know, when I was at in St. Louis, Kurt Warner was somebody that just excelled in that system. If you took him into a West Coast, would he have been as successful as he was? I don't know. Probably not. But he excelled in that, and he went to the, the Cardinals, same playbook, and he excelled there. When he went to the Giants, he struggled because that was more of a West Coast. So it's really all about the right fit, and it's Tebow getting on the right fit with the right team and, like you said, the, the right understudy. You know, only time will tell. Yeah, and Jared, I have a wait, since we're, since we're talking about quarterbacks, and I know you said, uh, talk about quoting you. I think you called Alex Smith a great quarterback. <laughs> so wait, I, I will, I will never, I will never talk bad about somebody's talent if you're in the NFL because I have seen, okay. I have seen the NFL. When I, when I was in Oakland, every Monday they used to bring in like 200 people. And these guys were studs, like six foot four, 260 pounds, zero percent body fat. And those are guys that were on the street. So I have so much respect for anyone that has made it to the NFL, and and I and I think that even if they're not successful, I mean, I, I've been cut nine times in six years. So I, who am I to say anybody's not great at the NFL level? And I wouldn't want anyone to say, "Hey, that, that guy sucks." I know he hasn't seen success, but I think he is a great quarterback. And he, same thing with Tebow, has to be put in the right system. I, I think he, you know. In, in a stressful situation, you go flee, fight, or flight. I think he just flees, and he just needs to get a little bit more poise. 
But uh, you uh, okay? But last year, though, for the 49ers, if you had been the head coach, Jim Harbaugh, when Alex Smith suffered that concussion, which you have once he was cleared, would you have thought to keep Colin Kaepernick as QB, or would you have put Alex Smith back in as a starter? No, Kaepernick, he he took control. He could he he took control of the team and at a quarterback position. Does the team play around you? I mean, it's it's more than just a a position. It's a leadership role. I mean, look at Tebow when he played for the the Broncos. I mean, I the team played around him and they played better around him. And when Kaepernick got in, I think everybody took their game to the next level. You know, Jay, I have to I have to agree with you on two things. One, you said that um, guys you play with, because the guys I play with, I see them on TV. I'm like, ah, oh, God, this guy told me he was the biggest, you know, worst player ever to play with. He was caught, you know. So I, I know what you talk about with Warren Sapko, you know, on the Eagles there was some guys. But um, but then the second thing I have to do was he was telling Paula like, Shoot, when I was with the Eagles, it was back then where they brought in like people off the street. It was like 19 receivers. And they had one spot. God, you know, you have to go against 19 guys to get one spot. Yeah. So for you to make it like you say, you are one of those great players, you know, because you're fighting against a bunch of people. Am I right, Gary? I mean, it was oh, yeah. I mean, ridiculous the people they brought in. I was like, I'm going to have to make one spot of 19? I don't think people, unless they've been in the NFL, understand how much talent there is in America. I mean, I... I, I can't even understand it. I can't even, like, put it into words, you know, those 200 kids that I saw every week, and it was a different 200 every week, St. Louis, same thing. Just guys are like, man, I'm on the roster, and that guy is sitting at home. He's like a truck driver. It, it, you were just blessed just to even get in the opportunity to play in the NFL. Please. And I think, you know, with um, with the years, when you look at an NFL career, typically it's a – you know, it could be a lot shorter than, say, NBA or Major League Baseball just because of the physical contact and stuff. And I think based on, like, what J.R. and James, what you're saying, that's why it's, when boys are starting little, it's important to let them know you also have to have something to fall back on. Like, it's okay to dream to be an NFL player, but like you guys are saying, to actually make that roster, and you're, you show up and you have 19 players vying for one spot. Like, it's tough. And I think a lot of kids – you know, and guys who just grow up, like, really athletically, they just kind of roll on this thing, go through college, oh, I'm going to make it to the NFL, and I think they just need to have something to fall back on. Like you guys are saying, it's not that easy. And they have to, you know, they have to realize it's, it's really competitive getting a roster spot on one of those teams. I mean, that's ridiculous. Nineteen people are vying for one spot. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and I, I NFL's doing a better job. Now we're setting up internships during the during the off season things. When I was playing, and I'm sure James, you can say the same thing. They, I don't think they did a very good job of helping us for post career. You know, they used to just say NFL stands for not for long, but they never actually helped us bridge the gap between the end of your career and the start of a new one. And and now I get a lot of emails saying, okay, we have this. They they do a business class at Harvard now, so they're doing a better job. But, you know, they're not really forcing athletes to do this. It's an optional thing, which sucks because I know when I was playing, I thought I was the best of the best. And that's probably because, I, you know, the reason I had my success because I thought I was going to play forever. And I was training like I was playing forever. I was playing as if I was going to play forever. So 
So when someone mentioned post career or after career, I'm like, I'm the best, man. I'm not gonna. I'm not ever gonna quit. I'm not gonna ever stop. And then, you know, I started getting the injury bug, and then, oh crap, I got to find something else to do. So I, I think something needs to be forced. I think athletes need to have to put in 20 hours of internship every, you know, every couple, every month during the off season or something just to force them to do it because I have so many buddies. You know, they say the bankruptcy rate is about 85% after, after two years of retirement in the NFL. I have so many buddies that have struggled through this. I have a buddy right now, um, and James, you know, he is struggling yeah. right now because he, he thought he was going to be in camp this year because he was on a team last year, and now he's just fighting for dollars right now. Yeah. You know, and you're right about that, Jeff. One, it was like, I thought, man, I was playing over there, and I'm getting hurt. But like you said, I was with um about a month or so ago, um, um, Tillman um, for the Bears. He did a celebrity thing, and I was sitting there, and um, Antoine Walker was there. I'm like, how did he go broke with $180 million? And I'm thinking, like, it can happen, right, here. You do see yeah. it if you're not trained or educated, and they didn't do a good job, like you say, when well, it was coming up, right, Gary? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's sad what you see some of these players go through. Um, you know, I, I, every year, you know, we train a lot of NFL athletes at our facility, and every year, you know, their time comes, and, you know, they call asking us for a job, and or they, they're trying to sell sell random things, sell their cars, and, you know, you just feel bad for them because at the, at the time, I mean, they're making five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars $600,000 a year, and then now they're just trying to sell anything they have in their home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, that, that makes me think of, um, well, there's an NBA player who plays on the Warriors, Clay Thompson, and this is one, um, this will be his full second year, I think, and his parents actually, he has it set up where his parents get his text. And they kind of, they've got him on like this monthly budget, you know, based on his condo, car, you know, get some spending money. You know, his father played with the Lakers. So his dad was like from the beginning, I'm not just letting you, you're 20 years old. He's like, I'm not just going to let you blow through millions of dollars. Ten years down the road, you're going to turn around and not have anything to show for it. And mm-hmm. he absolutely, yeah, he has his checks and he's, you know, he's happy to do that. And, you know, so his dad was like, he wants him set up. So five years from now, that million is, those millions of dollars are still going to be sitting there. And I just yeah. think that's big of him to do that. And, yeah, I mean, it helps, you know, that he has a, a support group around him. I mean, mm-hmm. when I made transfer, I didn't know that, you know, credit cards, I didn't even know that percentage just adds up. Like, I didn't even know that. So I'm, I could have easily paid off my credit cards and not even have credit cards. And I'm still swiping credit cards and, it wasn't until like my second to last year in the league, I started to realize, you know, I was getting charged like nine percent every month for something that I could have easily just paid off. I didn't even know that stuff. No one, no one told me. I never had money right. in college. I didn't have money in high school, and and I I added up how much I actually paid, and I mean I, I was sick for like a week, you know, of all the stuff that I could have easily paid off, and I was just play, paying that percentage because nobody told me. Well, yeah, we got to take a number. Do I got you for another 15 minutes? I think you said 245, right? Yep, 245. Okay, well, we got you for another segment. When we come back, I want you to kind of discuss about, do you think the world of sports is starting to get carried away? Because you see kids now training, parents training kids at three, four years old. You know, well, I'm not, you know, get carried away. But, and you see all these football camps. I want your opinion on that because I think you do 
we can get into what you do too. So this is James and P. We're we we here, right, P? That's it. We're, hey, we're holding it down until Glove comes back. <laughs> we got Jr. and we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk with my flip phone, Jack. That's all right, Jack, all right? <laughs> And we got co-host with me, P from San Francisco. You that, P? Yep, here from the beautiful Bay. P, we got to get Jay out flip phone for a guest, right, for being on the show, right? <laughs> no, we don't want him to go backwards. We want him to move forward. <laughs> uh, we got to look at all that entry. He paid on no credit card. He might want this flip phone, right, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, my, uh, my freshman year at Ohio State, we actually got a phone. You know, this is before cell phones. We we played in the Nokia Sugar Bowl, and we we got this phone, and I swear it's like the size of a tire. And and they gave us ten ten free minutes, and we acted like it was the biggest deal. We're like, cause before phones back then were only like emergency use only. They were like, we're just gonna call our models just because. Like we we thought it was the biggest deal. So I might have to activate that again. All right. Well, yeah. Well, before with the break, I was asking you to speak on because. It seems like nowadays there's so many programs now for kids. I mean, you can start at third grade, fourth grade, then all these football camps. I mean, here at USA, I mean, you got um, people doing all these other camps. Go to this camp, you would be great. Do you think we have um, taken this a little bit too far? Um, you know, it, it, it's hard because when you look at other countries like the Russians, I mean, 
<laughs> in, in in China, I mean, they put their kids into into stuff and to programs, you know, as soon as they can walk. So I think we're we're doing it, you know, and other countries are doing it, and it is very highly competitive. The the biggest problem that I have with, especially at the youth, is who's training these boys and girls, and it's you know you you look at some of the training that's going on, and it's people that have no training background, no certifications, no education, and they're, they're teaching these kids the wrong things, and it's maybe not hurting them then, but it's going to hurt them down the road. And that's, that's the biggest concern that I have. I think America as a whole needs to have some certification qualifications if you are going to teach youth football, if you're going to teach them running mechanics, if you're going to teach them soccer, lacrosse, you just can't be some dude off the street that just says, hey, I looked on YouTube on how to play lacrosse. I'm going to teach these kids how to do it. You know, that, that's the biggest thing. Because if I go to a doctor, I'm not getting my knee surgery from some dude that learned how to do knee surgeries on YouTube. You know, I'm going to a guy that went to college for eight years on that subject. See? Yeah, and I think, uh, JR, it also comes down to the parents have to, I'm like you were saying, Check the, you know, check the background thoroughly. Find out, you know, did the person play, you know, maybe professionally? What's their background? And you're right. There needs to end up being some kind of certification or something for these people who are claiming to be the experts and, you know, people are getting them as private coaches for these young boys and girls and stuff. But I think mm-hmm. that also comes down to the parents to make sure that they're, you know, check the background of the person who they're getting a coach, you know, on the side. Yeah, I mean, I... I've seen, you know, just looking at youth football, I've seen coaches coach what works at that level. And it's created bad habits for those kids that have come to high school. I coach high school football here in Naperville, Illinois. And at the youth level, kids can get away with just diving at knees, like cut tackling. You know, they'll just cut tackle because a kid hasn't gone through puberty. His legs aren't strong enough to break those tackles. So then they get up to our level, and they try to – cut some dude's leg that has tree trunks and is a grown man and just bounces off of them, you know, that stuff doesn't work. And, and coaches, some youth coaches will coach programs that will just outsmart a bunch of second graders or outsmart a bunch of third graders. That's sweet job, coach. You can do a double reverse pass and get a touchdown. But then those kids don't know how to do an inside zone. They don't know how to even take a handoff because they're doing pitch passes, reverses, and bubble screens. Well, guys, believe it or not, it's so quiet. Y'all ain't know that Glove was back on the line. Now he got his regular flip phone. You like that, Glove? Yeah, I'm here. I was uh, listening to what you guys had to say. And a lot of what JR was saying was right. I mean, we went through some things in California where, you know, prior to this year present in the last couple of years where guys didn't have to certify to become uh, Pop Warner coaches. You had a lot of guys who were playing Madden at home or, you know, playing those Xbox or those, you know, video games, and just because they were doing well on the video games, they thought they could come out and coach. The other element was also the single mothers out there. So a lot of these guys that were out there coaching these youth, the youth, they weren't out there for the right reason to teach, to build, and develop. They were out there for the wrong reasons, the single moms, and because they scored a touchdown on Xbox or on another video game, they, they found themselves thinking that they could coach, where they were putting a lot of kids at arm's length. You know, what GR said was right. There's the basic fundamentals 
you know, had been lost in uh, youth sports. And now with the certification and things like that, and like P said, right, the parents do need to be more involved. But with the certification and all the things that are going on now, maybe the youth will finally get the basic fundamentals that will help them, fundamentals that will help them take it to the next level. Well, see, I wasn't actually talking about coaching. I meant like the ones who were trying to do their own private stuff, like hire them privately. Because oh. I think coaches, when you think of like coaches of sports teams, that would cut out parents, you know. And so I, I'm not saying that parents need to go be certified before, you know, say if I had a daughter and I want to go coach her Bobby Sox softball team. I don't think I would have to need to be certified in something. I was more so referring to these people who are out there claiming to be experts and the parents are trying to hire them to get their kids advantages and stuff, that type of coaching. But I don't think it, it's regular. There is some know. bad areas with that. There, there, I mean, there's some some coaches teaching athletes a lot of wrong things and getting yeah. them into to believing it's, it's fact. I have two questions for you, Jared. I know your time is short. First one is, is uh, kind of made me forget the first one. Oh, um, is there a lot of these camps you see that people like Paulo Santa and these private ones, that they're just doing it to make the money. And I, and I qualify as a coach. There's a lot of camp. And secondly, tell them what you do um, with your thing. Mm-hmm. I do believe that there is a lot. Um, you know, there's a saying, just because you went to Harvard doesn't mean you can teach. And you look at a lot of even successful coaches in the NFL weren't great football players. It's different. And... So there's a lot of even great football players that try to coach and teach the sport, but it happens so natural to them because they were just an elite athlete that they can't relate to little Johnny who doesn't even know how to catch a football because to them it always just came so natural. The ball came in, boom, I stuck my hands up, and the ball came in my hands, and I tucked it. So there is a big difference between playing and coaching. Um and it's all to do with communication and under, understanding the, the process and the periodization. And periodization is starting foundation and then building from a, just a baseline to an elite athlete. I can't train the Danny and Thomas in the same way I would train an eight-year-old boy. So if I see YouTube videos of an NFL athlete, I can't train a nine-year-old who has no neurological patterning set in his system yet, doesn't even know how to see signals from his brain to his body. I can't teach him the same way I would teach an NFL athlete. And I think there's an ignorance to some coaches that don't understand that and some trainers. Um, so, And that's kind of what we do. And we go out to educate parents that each person is an individual that needs to be trained a certain way based on their age and their weaknesses. And that's what we do at Acceleration. So we'll, we'll take an athlete in, we'll do a baseline testing, we'll keep totally an understanding of how old they are and how they move. You know, most youth kids, they don't even have the coordination patterning to be more powerful and be more explosive. So everybody wants their kid to be more explosive, but you can't even your brain doesn't even stick signals down to your body efficiently enough to be explosive. So we got to teach the body how to do that. So we're, we're a teaching facility that teaches athletes to become better athletes. And we've been doing it for, for quite some time. I was part of the, the system, and that's what I did during my off season when I was playing in the NFL. And in 2007, when I retired, 
um, I just bought in to the same facility that I trained at, and I've been doing that since. Pete Glove? No, I am. Okay, this is clever. This is clever. No, I'm with you. I have a, just to piggyback kind of, you know, on the other side of, you're absolutely right. Some of the better players don't make good coaches, and some of the guys that sit on the sideline more often than play are because there is a big trend now where you're seeing more professional athletes. And, and I want to say it is, for my sake, watching from the outside in, to me it seems like it's more so a money thing because they're using their name for the celebrity factor to get these kids involved. I'm not saying they're not teaching, but like you said earlier, just because you play doesn't make you a teacher because prime example of a coach that's supposed to have been a good coach, and I'm going, I'm going to get on your, your, your uh, alma mater here for, for a short period of time, GR, and you can come back, but Jim Tressel at Ohio State with a prior for four years. And if you look yeah. at prior right now in the NFL, he still looks like he's a freshman from a mechanical standpoint. As a quarterback, he still looks like he's a freshman when you see him out there playing. Yeah. So apply coaching and teaching and developing to what happened in that situation where here it is, you got a tier one coach in a top program in the country. And you had an athletic quarterback that still five years later, six years later, he's still athletic, but he can't throw a damn ball. No, you're right. I mean, there's a big difference between developing an athlete and showcasing. I thought Trussell did a great job showcasing prior, but not developing him. You're absolutely right. Well, we got to take another break, and that's, I guess our time with you, J.R. J.R., hey, I want to appreciate it, man. really do. Oh, well, thanks want. for having me on there. This has been awesome. Thanks, JR. JR. I appreciate it. All right, I guess I'll see you on the 12th, hopefully, JR, right? Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, take care, man. No, thanks. Keep trying to We're going to take a break. When we come back from this break, Glove, P got a little something for us, you know? We're going to start up. Well, we start up today, right, P? So she's going to tell yep. a little bit more yep. about when we come back. We're going to start it. First, we're going to talk about Glove phone when we get back, though. So. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Jay Loving, back host of Loving That Sports Talk, co-host of UMP. Yep, I'm here. And always go from glove with the right earpiece. You that glovey glove? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm here uh, 16th on the depth chart of set for 15th. <laughs> <laughs> hey, P. P. Yeah? I ain't going to let glove lay that down with that earpiece. You know I ain't, right? <laughs> er, glove, every week, you know, we have to get on somebody. Oh, I'm not. Hey, Pete. Like I said, I have I have my skin's not thin, so it's all good. I, I have no issues, you know. <laughs> well, Pete, go ahead and tell. Listen, what we're gonna do every week? Yeah, a little bit, of, a little bit of fun. Okay, so since we're coming up to um, week one of our NFL season, regular season, no more preseason, we are gonna have a little fun with predicting who we think will win certain games. So for this week, we have three games picked. Um, first game up is Cowboys versus the Giants. Glove and James, who are you guys picking? I got Giants. Uh, I'm going Cowboys. Okay. And I'm going with James. I'm going with Giants, too. That's Go, with Go with the Go with the win. Go with the win. Okay. Hey, can I, can, I, can, I, can I interject something real quick here? Uh-huh. <laughs> Seeing that we have a Thursday, a Sunday, and a Monday why we don't pick three, one from Thursday night, one from Sunday, and then a Monday night game? That's cool. Thursday is a Denver versus Ravens, right? Yeah. I'm going with uh, Denver then for that game. Follow greatness, follow each other. I'm going for Denver. Well, see, I have to go opposite because I was going for Denver also. But <laughs> I'll make it a different. I'll go for the Ravens. <laughs> well, you just have to be difficult. Just to pick the Ravens, just because me and James picked Denver. <laughs> he don't want to. He 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 wants the right one. That he won't be. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> okay, and then uh, who's the Monday night game? Uh, San Diego and Houston. There's two of them. San Diego, Houston, or uh, the early game is. Let me look at it real Philly quick. Philly and Washington. Philly Washington. Oh yes, let's do let's do Philly Washington. 
I'm going with Philly. I'm Philly also. You already know I'm Philly. I'm going Washington. I'm changing my pick. <laughs> Guam, come on. Now, okay, at the end, you're going to feel you're gonna feel real small if me and James come out just really on top of you with this one. Hey, hey it's going to happen anyway, P, so don't even lay on glow. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> don't let him pull you, P. Don't let him pull you. Hey, okay, P, so I would, say, our, I would say I would send him a picture, but he don't get pictures on his phone, so I can't send him a picture. <laughs> hey, P, put it this way. I can drive past some water and you won't hear no noise. <laughs> yeah. But seeing there's no water in Chicago is going to be kind of hard, right? Lake, Lake Shore Drive. Oh, oh I thought you meant the bay. We, I live on a bay, not a lake. Anyway, go ahead, P. You can throw that phone in the bay. Go ahead, Pete. So, so we, we have our three games. We got Giants, Cowboys, Ravens, Denver, and Philly, Redskins game. Those are three for the week back. Bless you. Thank you. Bless you. Well, guys, since we got our game, uh, we didn't get a chance, guys, to talk. I mean, I think I'll talk to you, Glove, but uh, whew, these guys, they, they ran the Raven by RG3 plan. I mean, God, is he going to play? Should he play? Or she just sit out, guys. What do you think? Mm, you mean for this week one? I mean, yeah. the doctors have cleared him. He's saying he's good to go. You know, I, you know, let him, let him get up there. We'll see. Like I said, the way I saw him looking about a week ago, he still kind of had a hobble to his, you know, to his run. We'll see. I mean, week one is going to really tell if he should be out there or not. Well, before you answer, I think we talked about well. Do you think? Uh, when they're coming out with all the reports, the doctor are they just trying to cover their butt if he get hurt? Well, well, let me let me let me let me go back a little bit a little bit further. Since when did we start listening to what doctors had to say in football? I mean, the game is going so to the left now that now the doctors have an opinion, and everybody's listening in the news to what the doctors say. It was the referees talking on the field which changed the game. Now it's the doctors that people are listening to that's going to change the game. Are, are we going to listen to the Water Boys next or, or the Chain Gang? Who's next that we're going to listen to? You know, I think it's getting out of hand. And now, you know, his whole off-season rehab comes down to the hand of the doctor. And we made a big spectacle of this whole RG3 mission to play, whatever it's called. I think he's going to have cobwebs. I think he won't be into the game from a mental, physical standpoint till towards the end. I think he struggled at the beginning. Well, I think he, he's also going to, um, like you said, the cobwebs, because he hasn't played any preseason, and he's probably really going to be trying to prove and to show everyone, I'm back, my leg is fine. You know, and so I'm just expecting uh, the Eagles, that D, they are going to be getting after him. Like, it's going to be on. They're probably just like just waiting for this game. Who do, who do you guys see having a better game, RG3 or Michael Vick on Monday night? You know, for this this game, I'm going to say Michael Vick. You know, he he didn't play well last year. He was injured a lot. He also has something to prove. They have a new head coach. You know, the guy from Oregon. Um, I I'm going to say Vick has a better game than RG3 does this Monday. 
seeing that, seeing that um, Pete and jumped ship and went to the loving train. Anyway, I think <laughs> I think it's, I think it's up in the air. I think I think Vic, because of his experience, he should play better, and I think he will play better. I think RG three is going to act like he has more to prove, so I think he's going to have more turnovers because he's going to be trying a lot harder to prove everybody wrong that he's uh, back and everything's looking good. So I think he's going to have more turnovers as opposed to Vic, but it's going to be close. Hey, we can't get out of here without letting you talk about your 49ers. Who y'all got this week? Okay, we are playing at home against the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is coming to town. I got um, Green Bay. Well, who you got? <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on, Bluff. Who, who are you picking in this game? Well, seeing I'm not a Rodgers fan or a Green Bay fan, and seeing that they had a little turmoil in Green Bay where Michael Driver and the other receiver was calling out uh, Aaron Rodgers as a leader, I got to go with San Francisco. Analyze that game for us, P, real quick. Well, I think offensively, you're going, we are going to see um, Kaepernick. You know, he, I think he's going to look like he's going to pick up right where he left off. We're going to see him hitting. We've got a lot of new receivers. Patton is there now. Um, you know, Crabtree's out, but Bolton's there. Antoine Bolton's there for us. And I think the big question for me is going to be the 49ers defense, the secondary. Aaron Rodgers, we know, likes to throw the ball. He likes to move up and down the field. And I think for the 49ers, this first game, is going to tell us if Aaron Davis should be starting. You know, we're going to see if that secondary that they now have, if they can hold teams that have quarterbacks that can throw. Because to me, that's where the big question mark is, is our secondary. I think our offense is going to be clicking, and I'm expecting us to score, like, over 21 points. That's what I'm predicting. You hear that, Glove? Well, I mean, you know what? I I thought she was going to say, like, 45 points or something. I thought she was going to give me some points. They just showed that in the first half. But uh, <laughs> you know what? I have a, I have a couple of things. Yep, I, I do. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think because it is the first game. I think the key in this game is going to be how many times Kaepernick gets the ball in Bowden's hand. I think if he gets the if Bowden catches five plus, I think they win the game. If he catches under five, I think they lose. Well, guys, we only got one minute left. I want to thank you guys again. And we're going to see you next week, Pete. Pete, go with greatness. Don't go with age. Go with greatness, okay? Don't go with glove, okay? <laughs> hey, glove, you know, I set up a Twitter, too, so I was telling James we should all get Twitter so we could be commenting during the football games. All right. All right, guys. All right. Thanks again. Sounds good. All, all right. right, guys. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel.